Okay. Welcome. Here, you should wear the sombrero. I'm not wearing a sombrero. I feel like this would be better if you did. First of all, it's not a real sombrero. So why would I... I mean, like, if you were like, here, have an authentic Mexican sombrero, I'd be like, oh, well, that's interesting. This is a piece of party junk. (laughs) Yes, I don't deny that, but I still think it's entertaining. Okay. Uh, So uh, I've been talking a little quickly in the last episodes. I've been listening to them, and my speech pattern is very rapid. Okay. I'm going to try and be a little bit more... How do you feel about mine? I love your speech pattern. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like mine is off, so I'm going to I'm going to work on that. Uh, let me let's jump right in. Welcome to Welcome to this Oh man, phone turned off. Welcome to the South Beta podcast, your source for climbing related news based out of so, uh, San Francisco's South Bay. I, I heard I heard the stress on news. I there was a definite stress on news in that situation. <laughs> I feel like it should be climbing related chat. I don't think that we do any news. This is a document where you could provide feedback, and you chose not to. I've already provided this feedback to you. Well, I had already written this before we had that conversation, so maybe next time it'll be chat. <laughs> Unfortunately, 400 business cards. I'll say this. <laughs> why do we have business cards? You got them. But why? So that people will listen to our podcast. I, I don't know that... I feel like business card is kind of an outdated way. Like... A business card for a podcast seems somehow backwards. Like, the podcast... The idea of a podcast is that you are a niche, right? So you reach out to other people that fall into that niche. And some podcasts are kind of big, but, like, overall, it's a niche thing. So, like, that's the whole point of the internet is that, you know, there's billions of people on this planet and so there's probably 200 people interested in what you have to say <laughs> and you need to reach out to them because they're spread across the world. I, I get it. I think our name is so niche-y that uh, it's hard for me to convince people to get inv- like to listen to the podcast unless they understand what the name means, which is probably a good thing, but if I want to get my friends to listen to it, I hand them a business card and I'm like, hey, go listen to this. And, that, and so far that's been more successful than me just saying South Beta. Because people don't understand what beta is. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Climbers do. Climbers do. But, I mean, there are climbers who don't. There are, there are you know, climbers who go to the gym who, like, do just routes who have no idea what the term beta means. Well, beta is related to route climbing as well. I'm sorry? It's not a bouldering only thing. Yeah, no, I understand. I, but, like, there are people who just go to the gym who just do it for fitness who don't understand anything about the beta. But they would get something out of our podcast, and I want them to listen. All right. So, yeah. I will... Also, we, we've discussed this, and, and I think it's, it's clear that we tell our audience that um, if you've seen the movie Dodgeball, you know, Evan is like, is like uh, the pepper, and I'm like cotton. So, so basically, I'm going to do the news, and he's going to provide the commentary. That's my theory on this. That's an excellent theory, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for them. <laughs> Cotton! <laughs> All right. Updates. Uh, let's talk about your uh, three-stitch pitch. Uh, well, I was climbing at Jailhouse. I think, actually, you know, last time I recorded the podcast, I was going to go out to Jailhouse the next day. Yeah, you were going the next day. And... Uh, I got on a climb that I was projecting called Pardon. Pardon uh, me. 
Yeah, there's a extension's been created for pardon, <laughs> and a lot of names like that are being thrown around for it. Okay. Pardon me. Pardon the mess. Pardon. Yeah. What is what is pardon rated? Uh, well, it was rated 13B. <laughs> I don't know if that will change. What'd you do? <laughs> so, uh, I'm not close to sending it yet. Uh, just try, trying to work out beta right now and figure out my my sequence through the crux and uh, you know through the the finish, which is the I mean, there's so a lot of times on a climb like this, it's long, it's super pumpy. There's not a ton of good rest on it. So uh, even when you're talking about a, a shorter climb that's not you know that does have good rests, you'll talk about a, the crux of the route, which is generally like the very hardest section, you know, hardest two three moves. Yeah. Um, and then the red point crux. Okay. So, like, let's say you do those hardest two, three so moves in the middle of the pitch. I need a, I need a timeout here. Timeout. Why? I, I, I'm going to admit my naivete here. Help me with red point. I feel like it's been clarified for me several times, and I feel like several people have told me several different things. I need to know what red point means. Uh, red point means successfully climbing a route from the bottom to the top without weighting the rope. Without weighting the rope. Okay. So that means no resting, no, like, hanging on the rope to rest. Right. Uh, no falling. Got it. That's no, red No pulling on the rope to help you. No French freeing. Exactly. Okay. So, so the that, red point crux, and then there's a real crux. Yeah, so, like, the idea is that, you know, there's the hardest section of the climb, but then once you get past that, there may be this, like, hard couple of moves right near the top where a lot of people end up falling. Okay. So... I can think of a number of climbs that I've done out there where, like, yeah, the legitimately hardest moves are maybe only a third of the way up. Okay. So, like, in terms, like, so let's say you're doing the climb and you're just going from one bolt to another and you rest at each bolt because you're just trying to figure things out. It's a lot of um, climb, yeah. And you, you know, you've never been on it before. You're just scoping it out. You're un- unable to figure out where holds are. So that's what you're doing. You're doing a reconnaissance of the route. So you climb up and you... Thank you for making you, me sound like a Navy SEAL. Sure. Um, you figure out, like, hey, this move is really hard. So I'm going to have to have really good dialed-in beta for this. Mm-hmm. But then you get up to the top and there's moves that, like, weren't that bad when you were doing it from one bolt below... But when you're doing it from the ground... Your hands are pumpy, it's hard. Yeah. So, you know... So um, how does this relate to the three-pitch stitch? Well, so three I was... Three-stitched pitch. I had, uh, you know, figured out my way through the crux, and then I was working on the red point crux. And then ah. the, the red point crux of the root was you get a couple of underclings. The first one's good. The second one's not as good. you got to stand up real high, get, like, a decent left hand... And then you go up to a really big right-hand jug. Now, I was working on that section. I made the move to the big right-hand jug. And I was looking around, and I thought, all right, I should. I want to clip. And I looked and realized I had already clipped the clip that people would clip from okay. that hole. Right. So like, I had reached up and clipped it from down low because I was trying to figure out where I was going, and then I had hung on it. Okay. And so I was like, oh, well, I guess the only thing left to do is go to the chains, and I see a hold, I've got a really big hold, I'll just pull up and go to that next hold. And I pulled, and as I got my body up and started reaching, the hold 
that I was holding on to with my right hand popped off the wall. Now, um, jailhouse is blocky basalt. Uh, and so it wasn't like just the part that I, it's not like the part that I was holding on to broke off. Like if you can picture like being in the gym, like you would think like, oh, I broke a hole off the wall. Like that one piece that yeah, was yeah. bolted onto the wall that broke off. Which never actually happens. The folds just spin on you, but go ahead. They do break. I've never seen it. All right. Well, I've done it. I'd like to see that. I, it's interesting that you said never so confidently. I've never seen it. It happens. I'm not saying it, it doesn't. I'm saying I don't think it happens. Those holes always just spin on me. I'm too fat. They turn. Yeah. I've experienced the same thing. Um, okay. So uh, the hole came off, but what else came off? Uh, well, the whole block it was attached to came off. So it was uh, probably, it's very hard. I mean, like, um, it's very hard to describe. It's like, it was so basically was, the size of a small microwave. Okay. Was the clip, was the bolt on that? No. Okay. No, and I think a lot of people, like, when, when, after I pulled it off uh, and was talking to people, they, most people were, like, not surprised, <laughs> right? Because, <laughs> okay. you know, it's, you know, a lot of times you get that at Jailhouse where there's a block that's, like, kind of just doesn't seem well attached to the wall. But, you know, but this was, like, the hold that I was holding on to was one that, you know, hundreds of climbers before me had held on to. right. It was just not quite as powerful as me, I guess. Or fat. Yeah, that's I right. go with the fat thing because that's I know that that's where I am. Um, but okay, it's a combination. <laughs> I think on my part, it's a combination. So, so, I'm heavy so the whole and thing came strong. off. You're falling down. Yeah. You swing back into the wall and cut your eye. What happened? Oh no! Uh, I well, we I fell and the rock fell at the same time, and then uh, I was caught by the rope that I was attached to. Nice. And the As rock supposed to do. Yeah, and the rock was not. So, so uh, it was come down. And you were going up, and it was come down. Uh, I was not. I was still going down, but I was going down less quickly. Okay. So the rock caught up to me and hit me in the face. And then also managed to miss your Blair. Yeah, jailhouse is so steep. My Blair was actually never really in any danger, even though like as the rock was hitting me in the face and. Because, like, so the rock hits me in the face and the shoulder. So it hit me in, like, the eyebrow, nose, and shoulder. It's okay. kind of a, it, so that gives you an idea of how big it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, struck at the same time. I, I don't know if I successfully managed to move myself somewhat out of the way of it or not. I tried to. Okay. I saw it coming. And okay. was like. That's effort. Effort's oh, good. Oh, crap. And it didn't, didn't knock me out, and it wasn't really that bad in mm-hmm. the end, although I did bleed a lot. Um, so it kind of knocked me upside down, right? So Got like it. it hit me in the upper side of my body, which so pushed my up. leg, my yeah. feet went yeah. up and I sort of swung into the wall, butt first, like upside down, which I don't know if I, I don't think I really hit the wall. Okay. It wasn't that bad. And, uh, so my, I, the whole time I was like, oh man, I should be yelling rock right now. <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't actually make myself do it. Um, Shame on you. Yeah, I know. But, uh... Okay. Yeah, it was exciting. So... And it turned out okay in the end. Could have been a lot worse. I have, like, several questions. Yeah. My first question is, were you wearing a helmet? No. Okay. It wouldn't have helped, because my helmet doesn't cover any of the part of me that got hit. Okay, well, I was just asking. I mean, I'm not saying that wearing a helmet is a bad idea in any circumstances, but this will not change my mind. 
So I tend to always wear a helmet when I'm on natural rock, like just because I'm afraid, even if I'm belaying, like I'm afraid of stuff coming down. So like I feel like it's a safety hazard. So, I mean, I, I, I in no way disagree with that. I tend not to do it when sport climbing. I tend to always do it when alpine climbing. Okay. Um, we should talk about helmets because I don't like mine. I'd like to buy one someday that's better, but let's not do that today. Okay. So that that's the say that was my second question. My third question was this happened at the beginning of the day, the middle of your day or the end of your day? Uh it was going to be my last climb of the day. Okay. So all right, so that's like that's, I was like super bummed that like you maybe have gotten out there driven all the way out there and on your first like climb had stuff come off. I mean, yeah. Uh, it was. It ended up being. I bled a lot, and I. I don't know. I guess the picture looks kind of impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. We'll put it on the website. If that's okay with you. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, like I was. It ended up only being like three stitches on my eyebrow. I did. I didn't even bleed from anywhere else. I, maybe a little bit of blood on my nose. Oh, I got a bloody nose for okay. sure. Um, but, uh... Where did you get the stitches with it? It's like, was it out there, or did you drive all the way back to the bay? I drove back to the bay. Okay. Uh, on the hike out, by the time I was hiking out, um, it would, there was, like, blood would kind of, like, beat up on my eyebrow, and I think it only, Mm -hmm. only dripped, like, maybe four or five times on the, like, 15, 20-minute hike out to the car, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna be okay. So the, the area around the eye, because of all the, because of the blood vessels, bleeds very easily. I've gotten elbowed in, like, just by the side of my eye... While spotting a back tuck once, I just got like a little elbow cut open and wouldn't stop bleeding for like three hours. It didn't need a stitch, just because of the nature of the area of the wound, like it bled a lot. So, yeah, I can totally appreciate that. And then, like, uh, for the past week, not this week, but the week before, uh, it looked very impressive because all the uh, all the swelling from my eyebrow drained down into my eyelid and turned my eyelid like bright crimson. Well, I know I didn't see you on that Thursday. You were not at the gym. Normally that's when we, you know, talk on mm-hmm. Thursdays because you're coaching Tim and I'm there to kind of give Tim a hard time and also you a hard time. I and think you're there to climb. I'm also there for that. Oh, okay. I'm trying not to slap my knees. I listened to it on the podcast last time. It was terrible. You were right. <laughs> I, I, I listen. I was right because of previous experience of my own. I'm aware of what kind of sounds show up. <laughs> it's the, Apparently, knee slapping is a terrible thing. So now I'm just gonna st- gesticulate wildly with my hands in the air. Um, okay. All right, we're moving along. Uh, I I had a climbing adventure too. Yeah. Uh, well, I think this was last weekend, so it was the weekend after yours. But I would like to hear about it. I went to Yosemite, and it was it was a blast. Um, I took my van. We call the van Claire Van Gogh because uh, I'm very into punnies, like puns. Puns are my thing. So Claire Van Gogh, V-A-N-G-O is, you know, her website. Um, but it's, you know, I took Claire up there. I Why actually Claire? Had, it's a really good question. I'm afraid to admit it to the podcast listeners, but I will tell you anyways. Um, there's this great movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, Wedding Crashers. And uh, I think it's Rachel McAdams is the character, but uh, is the actress. But the character's name is Claire. It kind of has a little bit of uh, questionable knowledge. Like she's she's kind of trying to experience the world, and so I think one she's beautiful, and two uh, she's experiencing like trying to figure out what's going on in the world and figure out her life. And so I kind of feel like Claire is um, an apt representation of where I am, trying to explore something different. You know, curious. And I also always have to name my vehicles women names. Otherwise, uh, it just doesn't work for me. Does that, okay. Does that like 
Fair enough. Made, made too much, maybe too much thought in that. But so anyways, we, I actually had to drive her all the way down to Carmel because we had like an off-site that week, and then I drove from Carmel all the way out to Yosemite, which is great because I get to see new roads that I hadn't seen before. Um, cool. And that was great. I had a, I, we had a blast. Got there. Everybody was excited to see the van showed off and that. And then uh, the, next, the next day, Saturday, um, was sunny enough to climb. It was a pretty rainy weekend. But Saturday was was dry enough to climb, so we went to Pat and Jack, which I totally forgot the name of Mm -hmm. uh, when I was talking to her earlier. And uh, as we're hopping out of the van, as we're getting ready to go, like, you know, we're packing up our gear, a bunch of other vans pull up, and uh, Alex Honnold pops out. Linda Linda leans over to me and she goes, do you see who that was? I'm like, I don't know, who was that? She's like, that's Alex Honnold! And then, like, I see him out, and he's wearing his, you know, red North Face uh, shirt, which he always wears. And he's, yeah, he always wears that red North Face shirt in all the videos. But just watch the videos. But he's wearing the red North Face shirt. Well, but the thing is, I don't really watch climbing videos. Okay, you haven't seen the him free-soloing heaven in the commercial for Squarespace? Uh, nope. Okay, we're going to change that. But anyways, I saw him. Um, just for just for a split second. Didn't want to go over and intrude upon his day because he looked very focused on what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's rude to mess with someone's zen. So... Uh, we just sort of saw him, and then we went up and climbed Pat and Jack, and we did uh, three different routes. For me, they they climbed down a little bit, so it was really great to kind of be at my level. Every, they say that they really enjoyed being outdoors, and they enjoy all outdoors because they can learn from everything. But we did a five eight that was really easy, and then we did a five ten that was like that scared the crap out of me. But everybody else was did great. We had this woman at the gym, um, who's I, I don't know if she wants to be mentioned on the podcast, but she's a badass climber, and she uh, she set. Like trad, this like five ten that was incredibly sketchy. When I climbed, I was freaking out. Lead, lead. Yeah, you don't set roots outside. Okay, she she led the route up to the top to the and it was ridiculous. It was just crazy. She did two phenomenal leads to set up our anchors and just just unbelievable. I mean, this woman in the gym, she kind of climbs like tens and elevens. I think maybe she tries a couple of twelves, like t- t- a couple of base twelves. This this was heroic in my opinion. Like this lead was heroic. Yeah, I I think that that's something that um, some people lose track of. Like uh, you can easily be distracted by someone who climbs really hard. Uh, you know, sport climbs in the gym, or and then overlook someone who climbs. Not super hard sport climbing in the gym, but is incredibly solid outside. Um, I one guy I know from the gym uh, took a class that I taught on, uh, you know, trying to improve his red point grade sport climbing, and you know, it was it was really interesting to try and teach him how to do this because this is a guy who goes out and has done first ascents of. 20 pitch like I talked I just saw him in the gym recently uh on uh our headlamp climbing night yeah I missed that so that was I was on my way to Yosemite and I was talking to him and he was telling me he had done a first ascent of like the largest unclimbed wall the tallest unclimbed wall in the Sierra like he he goes out and does some really badass things in the California Sierras and I'm sure he does stuff elsewhere but I don't know as much about it because I've just talked to him about the Sierra and you know like he doesn't red point super hard like you put him in the gym on something overhanging and his red point level is like 12A, 11D 
But yeah. he also will do first ascents of five twelve trad stuff. Like yeah, yeah. you know, like he's in the the mentality and talents associated with hard trad climbing or just solid like Yosemite Valley trad climbing. Yeah. Aren't they don't have necessarily a crossover into climbing things that look hard in the gym. Yeah. And it's not that, you know, it's not that you can't take elements of strength from climbing hard sport climbs in the gym and apply it to that. Like, finger strength is finger strength. Yeah. But, you know, you can see someone and see them not standing out at the gym and then watch them climb outside in somewhere like Yosemite or Joshua Tree and be like, holy crap, you are a solid climber. And that's that's what this person was. But I, I think it's also possible to do the inverse, like... I'm pretty comfortable in the gym, but when you put me outdoors, I'm I'm really scared even at those those levels that I can climb at in the gym. Oh yeah, that's probably more common. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in that boat. But it was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and then on Sunday, because it was completely raining, we went fly fishing. Where'd you do that? Just in the Merced? Uh, right by Upper Pines Campground. So we were at Upper Pines. We just sort of put on our waders and hopped in. We didn't catch anything, but we had a lot of fun. Okay, so I, yeah, in the Merced River. Yeah, in the Merced River, whatever. I had a lot of fun. I, I do not know much about fly fishing. This is only the second time I've ever gone, but it is very relaxing, and I really enjoy it. Do you fly fish? I don't, and it's one of the things that I have this, like, minor regret about in my life. We can change this. Because the there are lakes in the Sierra that have fish in them that are remote, that I've heard from a number of people, like, and by a number of people, I mean, like, three to four people that are, like, like backpacking deep in the backcountry. And we're yeah. talking, like, I'm talking lakes back there that don't have trails that go to them, that require third and fourth class approaches to get to them. Okay. And you're, you're like, what is this is, like, 20 miles from the nearest trailhead, and it's a third and fourth class approach to get to it. And the fish have, like, they see fishermen at, the fish at this lake see someone fishing there, like, once every three years. And so you don't have to know crap about fly fishing to be able to just, like, you can be a complete novice and feel like a pro. What does third and fourth class approach mean? Uh, I mean, so... Rock climbing is, like, you climb, like, five eights, right? Five nines, five tenths. That's fifth class. Got it. Third and fourth class is rough travel terrain where you have to use your hands for balance or even upward progress. Yeah. Balance mostly in the, in the like, the, the definition is very loose. Okay. But, um, you know, you can look at something that's, like, fourth class or third class, and it's not technical fifth class rock climbing where you have to do moves that you know require a rope for protection but it's something that requires you to use your hands for travel i got you okay sounds like a lot of fun um super fun the one thing sorry the one other thing i throw out that's why i want to learn how to fly fish let's do it it's a lot of fun i'm gonna buy a rod maybe today but i'm gonna buy a rod okay it's been on my list of things to do. Uh, my friend Andrew keeps on letting me borrow his and just have a blast. I have waiters for photography reasons, and so I happen to, like, just bring my waiters, and now I need to do the other side of this. Um, but, yeah, the last thing I want to say about the climbing side of it was uh, I I have weaknesses when I'm outdoor climbing. Like, I have weaknesses when I climb. 
I'm really bad at crack climbing. I just I don't like it, so I don't try. I don't train it. I need to change that. What don't you like about it? I'm deathly afraid of getting my hand stuck in something and not being able to get it out. I've actually seen somebody get a knee stuck in the gym and have them have to drill the wall out or, like, cut the wall out, and that scares me to death of, like, actually going outside and getting stuck in a wall and not knowing how to get out. Okay, so legitimately that is a thing that can happen. Yeah. Uh, It is rare, and it also involves climbing the least popular size of crack. Okay. (laughs) Um, And it's not that, you know, those things aren't a possibility. Yeah. But it's really hard to do. I, like if you, I, it happened at the gym. No, I, I mean, I'm saying. Well, first of all, I've you know we've had those cracks at our gym for, you know, the whole time I've been there, and it's okay. only ever happened once. And I'm not saying it's not a thing that can happen. Yeah. Or it can't happen. It can happen, but. There's plenty of crack sizes where that's not really an issue. Yeah. The route that I was on, it was a pretty small crack, and I just needed one hand jam or one or two hand jams, and so I was a little concerned about it. Wait. It's a small crack, but you only needed one or two hand jams? I'm not really sure what you mean by that. Actually, it wasn't a hand jam. It was like a finger. Like, I need to just stick my fingers in the thing and then kind of... I just... I was afraid that my my knuckles are kind of fatter than my hand. Ah, that's perfect. And so I was afraid that I was going to get stuck in but that was that was beside the point. I, I found a way through it. I actually ended up using a lot of footwork to get through it, which is something that I, that my uh, climbing coach Adriel has been working on with me a lot. Although I haven't been climbing with him in like three months, I need to get back into that. But I I, I blame my good footwork on his coaching, and I'm really very happy happy about that. Like thankful. Great, no, I was gonna say uh, grateful and happy at the same time. So I got with happful. But uh, I'm I'm down with that. It's a new word. Yeah, you are both happy and grateful. Happful. I'm hatful. So I was very hatful about that, and it was really great to, to kind of make some progress there with uh, with that stuff. And so I, I, I made it up. My friends were like, I, I thought you were going to give up several times. I'm like, yeah, I was going to give up. I almost gave up, and there was one time where I was going to ask to give up. Do you know what climb this was? <sighs> Somebody said Kitty Corner, but that you said that's not the same. It's on Patton Jack. It's well, I mean, there might be a climb called that. I, yeah. I was telling you that there's no area called Kitty Corner. Okay. I think there's a climb called Kitty Corner on Patton Jack. It's, it was t- pretty far down. Pretty and, far down to the right. Yeah, to the right. Okay, so I don't. I probably haven't gone that far down. It was. It was really. Not, I mean, it's probably way below your grade, so you may never have climbed it. There, so there. I don't. And you. Well, let's talk Yosemite Valley for a second, and just I will say that there's nothing that is below my grade in Yosemite Valley. Okay. Um. I think the for the hardest things I've led in Yosemite, the hardest things I've climbed in Yosemite Valley are just like eleven A's. Okay. Um, and the hardest things that I've I've led are for sure just like five ten. So, uh, yeah. I mean, and it's mainly because I just haven't had friends that are super psyched to go out there. Okay. And so I haven't really been pushing any grades on trad in Yosemite Valley, and it's like I I really enjoy the climbing out there. It's yeah. super fun. Um, and it's, uh, it's very, it feels, you know, serious to me. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, nonetheless, like, I just, I haven't pushed any grades there, and so I, I make no, no bones about the fact that I am not an expert Yosemite Valley climber by any means. This was the, this is, like, the easy part of Pat and Jack. So, so, so it was the 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, stuff. Yeah, and, that and was, there's, like, a, there's a classic 10C finger crack that goes into other sizes, I think, on Pat and Jack. It's kind of, like, up, that's down the left end of the cliff. 
Yeah. There's uh, a lot of, there were, I mean, there were a lot of people there climbing. Was it 10B? I don't know. There were a lot of people climbing, and there was a lot of good stuff going on. The stuff that I, the reason why I really liked it is, as opposed to some of the other stuff that I've climbed at Yosemite Valley, which is either very heavy lieback without a lot of foot. Uh, foot now, foot is foot. it a heavy lieback, or are you just not using the crack the right way? It, church ball lieback was a pretty heavy lieback. Okay, fair enough. So this stuff was not. This stuff was really great for me because there was a lot of holds. There was a lot of face stuff for me to, like, there was a great foot. Like great foot places. Yeah, I think Pat and Jack Pinnacle is really one of the the neat little cliffs in uh, Yosemite Valley uh, for a variety because it's got all those diorite knobs in there. Yeah, and which so are great. They stick out from the wall. You, you know, sometimes you grab them, sometimes you sling them for pro. Like very cool stuff. Um, and then uh, it's pretty neat. Very kind of cool to climb on. Lots of like face climbing stuff. Yeah. Um, I think when that stuff gets carried to extremes, it's really interesting. There's that um, Phantom Spires in uh, the Tahoe area. Okay. Where those diorite knobs are like, some of them are the size of basketballs, and you can like hug them and you like <laughs> tie things around them for protection. It's really neat. Well, I'm glad that you have a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun there. But we've spent forever on updates, and we haven't even gotten to some of the other stuff I wanted to talk about. Let's it's okay say, for this go. podcast to be long. It is okay to, for this podcast to be long, but when I tell people that it's like our last episode was an hour, they're like, oh my god, I listened to it for an hour. I'm like, you can drive, you can listen to it over four 15-minute drives. Yeah. And that'll be fun. Um, personal updates. Got anything exciting coming up, Mr. Mister Evan? Uh... I don't know. Uh, excited to go out to Bishop. Um, I always, always love going there. And, when are you uh, heading? I don't know. I, it's the season. The season is starting. Want to go next weekend? Uh, next weekend? I, something's going on. I'm not really sure. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk. We'll talk about it. I need I, to, get, to go. You want to go to Bishop? I need to get out next weekend. Like I, I have a promise to myself now that I have the van that I use it at least two weekends a month. Uh-huh. And I didn't use it this weekend because I actually have to coach tonight. And so, uh, really excited to get out somewhere next weekend. So let's we can talk. It might be possible. We can where, talk. Where are you trying to go? Oh, well, I don't have weekends off. So can you can you like take a day off? Like, can you ever shift your schedule? Can you find somebody to cover? I can, but I need more more notice. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> more notice than next weekend. Well, maybe I'll go out and you can come out on on Monday, and then we can climb for a day. Or, or sorry, you can climb out Sunday. You can climb, come out Saturday night, and we can climb on Sunday together. Not a bishop, though, I don't think. Well, we'll figure something It's too far. The passes are closed. The snow is here. It's only like eight hours. <laughs> that's, that's plenty of podcasts. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of podcasts. Please, save, please let these podcasts stack up and use them on your commute to bishop. <laughs> so, you're, so you're excited about, about going to bishop. Anything else? Do you, you stay out here for the holidays? Uh, I do. Um, I actually have, because uh, I usually, uh, I don't really care about holidays in particular. Yeah. As on, a, on a personal level, like emotionally, I have no attachment to it. So um, I usually go client, I usually work right around the holiday. Yeah. Because um, we're only closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. So I'll work around the holiday because we need staff at that time. And then. Uh, and the manager has family. And yeah, and our manager has a family, and so it's good for the assistant manager to be around, um, yeah. and allow him to be to take some time off. Right. And uh, but I usually will go climb on those days. So I'll like 
maybe go to jailhouse on Thanksgiving and oh, nice. go to jailhouse on Christmas Day. That's it's been something I've Goldwall or jailhouse to do some sport climbing on those holidays, and it tends to be a nice quiet day at the crag. I I wonder why. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. Um, maybe in the future I will try and join you at some of those. Yeah, but I mean, Christmas is not, not really a big deal for you, right? No, no. Being Jewish, it's not a big deal. But I do have I do have an ongoing Christmas tradition. My best friend and I, if we're both here during Christmas, we tend to go out on Christmas Day and do photography for sunrise because the city is empty. So we go up to the city and get some really nice sunrise stuff. And I've, I've actually been pretty happy with the stuff. The stuff that we got last year was really amazing. The stuff from two years ago, I think, was also really amazing. But this year, I'm going to be back home for both because uh, I've got nieces and nephews coming. So uh, I've got a niece who's supposed like to like they're in the oven, they're cooking, they're they're cooking, and they're and they're about to be born. So I got one that's supposed to come around Thanksgiving, and I got another one that's supposed to come around New Year's. Mm. So I'm I'm going to be back east, I think, for both of them, which is big deal for me because I normally don't travel back east that much. And actually, for Thanksgiving, I'm gone for like a week and a half. Mm. So it's it's pretty big and then christmas i may be gone for like two weeks but we'll figure out maybe we'll pre-record an episode that we release over that so we can make sure we cover it so it's possible this might be two piece two parter where are we at right now <laughs> i have no idea Don't okay about it. <laughs> we're moving on uh oh i'm going to jailhouse tomorrow really i'm gonna get back on the route and see what's left after i pulled that block off i, I know can... someone's been up there and looked at it and said that there's you know it, it's the route still goes so i kind of want to come to jailhouse tomorrow? And just take pictures, but I have to work. Yeah. Um, You're gonna have to learn how to um climb, how to do rope ascending so that you can uh, you can take pictures. That's really what I, I thought that was aid climbing. Is that not rope ascending? That's no, aid climbing is a different thing. I mean, it's not that there isn't rope ascending involved in aid climbing. Okay. You didn't turn your notifications off on the computer again, huh? I forgot. <laughs> it happens. Don't worry about it now. I thought you were, you thought you were about to get up. <laughs> well, there's a, there's like a little. Th- uh, I'll teach you later, so you can turn it off in the future. No, I don't understand this Mac stuff. You gotta learn new I, hotness. I don't think I do. Okay, whatever. All right. Uh, yeah, you gotta learn how to jug, how to climb, how to ascend the rope. So I see the people in the like the setters in the gym doing it. I think, I think I understand what's going on. You you have an ascender. You move it up the rope. Mm-hmm. You then. Uh, have a foot thing that's attached to the ascender that you step on and stand up. You then take the Grigory that is tied to your to your harness and pull the rope out of that so that the Grigory meets the bottom of the ascender, and then you do the same process over again. Yeah, so kind of. You basically you have something that you attach to, something that you, you have two things that can move up the rope. Okay. Right? And one is attached to your harness, and the other has a foot ladder that you can step in. It doesn't, I mean, it. it's just a fancy, uh, you know, for for ascending, mm-hmm. it's just like a, a fancy loop of rope. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's it's a piece of webbing and a strap, and usually they it's like made into this, something that you can easily stand on. You know, but back in the day, it was just webbing that people right, tied right. a loop into. Just be, just can um, be a sling. And so you can pull up and stand... And then move up the device that is attached to your waist, and then you sit down. Yeah. And you push up the device that's attached to your. Uh, so we're still on personal updates. I'm trying to get in shape. I made a commitment last week. My friend's trying to quit smoking, and so I made a commitment to try and get in shape. And so far, I have lost no weight. Okay. What are you at currently? Uh, as of yesterday, I was at the uh, PG and uh, SF. So- 
I feel like our goal should be to get this podcast down to 375 pounds of climbing power. <laughs> we can work on that. Right now I'm at, at 229. 229? I, I was officially 229 last night, yesterday when I stepped on the scale after the shower. All right. I I don't know. I actually am also trying to get uh, in better cardio shape. Yeah. I feel like my cardio is just, like, tanked. Uh, I usually rely on my summer activities to, like, trim me down and build up the cardio, and then it, like, I lose it a little bit over the winter and then build it back up over the summer, and this summer I just had a comedy of errors and uh, didn't get it done. So um, I am trying to start running again. Oh, God. And, I mean, like, I ran in cross-country track in high school yeah. and, and in my first year of college as well. And, uh, man, it's been a while. So <laughs> I was, the first run was two and a half miles. The last half mile was like, my lungs, they hurt. I'm in the same boat, but it, I ran all the way through high school because cheerleading was like a, a – it was a fall-winter sport. Uh-huh. And so in the spring every year I did track. And, in fact, actually towards the end of it, because I couldn't get enough outdoor time during the winter, I'd also run indoor track. I never did cross-country, uh, but I did do a bunch of track. But I was always a sprinter. So I always did very short distances, which also leads to being big. So I actually have to pick up more distance to work on the cardio. Sprint, sprinters have a lot of muscle. Cardio people. I, I know, I know. I'm I'm familiar with sprinting. I like I went to a D1 college, so there were some really good athletes on my track team. I was not one of them. <laughs> but there were some really good athletes. Which one was the D1 college you went to again? University of Rhode Island. Go Rhodey. Yeah. Yeah. Their cheerleading team is way worse than mine was when I went to school. Where did you go to school? I went to Villanova, which is D1 AA, but yes, we're D1A for basketball because we won the championship last year. It was awesome. All right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of great sports accomplishments, I, I we have to be quick about this, but Leicester City versus the Cubs in terms of, like, the thing. I was complaining about your lack of understanding what was going on with the Cubs, so I'm going to at least use my time here to tell you a little bit about what happened this week. You complain. All right, let's put it, let's put it this way. What you complained about was that I didn't know the result of a game that had ended. Did it end after midnight? No. When it did it end? Ten. 10 p.m. That ended 10 p.m. on the night, and and you spoke to me the next morning at 6 a.m. or 6:45 a.m. And I'd been and you were like, you didn't know about this thing that happened last night. I'm like, well, you know what? I don't care about baseball. I'm sure I would have found out eventually. You would have found out eventually, but here's the thing: the story is just amazing. The story is unbelievable. I don't think it's unbelievable. Why is it not unbelievable? This team has been cursed forever. And they came back. They had not won a World Series since 1908. They hadn't been in a World Series since 1945. My parents weren't alive then. Like, like that's how that's how like long this thing is. And yes, Leicester City is also a great story. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying the Cubs are pretty freaking amazing, and this is a great year. And I have a bunch of friends who are Cubs fans, and I'm so happy for them. No, I mean it's it's awesome for the fan base. Congratulations to the Cubs. It's super cool. Uh, but, like, I mean, like I told you the other day, like, hey, I went through this with Boston, right? Yeah. It's it's not. Terry Fancona, who won it with Boston, was coaching the Cleveland Indians against the Cubs in Game 7. And? And he lost, but it was, re- like, he tied it up going into the ninth. It was crazy. Like, he, he, he really overmanaged the series. But still, like, Terry Francona, the one who saved the, you know, ended the, the Boston drought, was there 
in this World Series. It was really... I don't think that's as remarkable as you make it sound. What? Why? He was with one team, now all of a sudden he's with another team, and they're in, like, the thing. And, and this is another team that's in a drought. Like, he's, he's a, he is the drought guy. Wasn't John Lester on the Cubs? Yeah, that was also amazing. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's another reason I was voting for the Cubs, but, like, yeah. Well, so, I just, I think that, I mean, when you're talking... It's super cool. Yeah, they they finally did it after years of futility. Um, but I mean, we're talking about the Chicago Cubs. Chicago is one of the biggest cities in You're the United States. You're about to open States. a plant of granite in Chicago. You should be stoked. No, I mean, what does that have to do? I don't know what. There's no real relation there. I like. I don't know. You're, I'm just, you're just. You're just saying. Oh, Chicago, Chicago. I'm All hunting right. for something. So, uh, <laughs> the the Chicago Cubs are. A long, long-standing sports franchise in one of the major cities in the United States. Yes, I don't know. Like, are we t- like top five? Certainly top, top ten in terms of one what? of the biggest markets in. Oh the- yeah, definitely. Because like, the, and if you talk about finance, like the two major markets are Chicago and uh, New York. So like, they actually run like the highest speed internet cables between Chicago and New York. Okay, for, for I think, in, in, are you talking like stock trading markets? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not sure how relevant that is. Usually when you talk about sports markets, you're talking about TV revenue oh. and stuff like that. The things that... I don't, actually, I don't know about that then. I don't those, know if they're so top those, five. Those are the things that fuel the uh, financial power of an institution. Okay. Uh, like a sports institution like the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs have been around forever they have plenty of money. They have a hugely dedicated fan base. Yeah. Um, and the, that the surprising thing is that they have not managed to win a World Series. Yes. For so long. Yes. That is the no, surprising. It's not thing. surprising that they did it. It's surprising that it took them so long. And it was surprising that they like the 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 point of the story was you remember back at when the Red Sox. Well, no, we're, I, all we're doing right now is setting up Cubs versus Leicester City. Right. Okay. So the Cubs, it's surprising that they have taken so long to accomplish this goal. Okay. Leicester City has been around just as long, if not longer. We said it was longer. We right, so they've been around a little bit longer than the Cubs. They've never won before. And they were destined for relegation. They had made it, they had barely escaped being relegated from the top flight the previous year. Okay. And they won the the Premier League top flight. And Leicester City, have you heard of Leicester? I mean, I've heard of Leicester in England, but okay. but when do you ever hear of Leicester on the news? Do you think it's one of the biggest markets? <laughs> no, I'm it's not. It's a very, I, I think the story is immensely different. This is a team that should not have been able to do what they did. They won the English Premier League. Yeah. They they beat these teams where like would have two guys who whose contract transfer fees added up to more like they they play against Manchester City and Manchester City is like the the they're two guys in the front they play like maybe if Manchester was playing like a a four four one one they'd have like a striker and a you know a number ten guy up in the front yeah and those two guys their t- contract transfer fees would add up to more than the entire roster of Leicester City <laughs> like yeah. that's what I'm talking about like the this is this is not you know this is not the Chicago Cubs finally winning. We're talking about a story where uh, 
you know, a double A baseball team won the World Series. <laughs> won the World Series. Like I, and I'm not, and I don't want to equate Leicester City to a double A. But what we're talking about is, you know, a a very, a, you know, it would be the equivalent of a, you know, a 14 or 15 seed in the NCAA tournament winning it all. Right. But even that is not as impressive because that's just winning seven games. Right. In a row. Which is hard to do, but they just won seven games in a row. This is an entire season where this team went out there and just kept winning. And just like beat good teams all the time. Like, they should have they should have fallen off. Everyone just thought like, oh, they're gonna fall off this month, they're gonna fall off this month, they're gonna fall off this month. Yeah. But they did it. And so it, it's it's an incredible it's possibly the greatest sports Cinderella story ever. Like, if you think about the money that teams like Manchester United and Manchester City have at their disposal, and they were not able to outperform Leicester City last year. Okay. It's it's pretty, pretty incredible. And they had amazing performances from athletes that were, like, you know, the, like near like d- divisions down in English football previously. I don't. I don't disagree. This like it is a great story. I am a huge fan of that story. Yeah. I still think the Cubs thing is pretty damn big, and you should have paid attention to it. I uh, yeah. Like that's Maybe. my that's but my I point. just don't. I I find it so hard to care about baseball. I so I do not really watch baseball until the postseason. I, I pretty much ignore everything up until, like, September, October. Because watching a baseball game is only fun if I'm there and drinking. But but, <laughs> but on TV in the playoffs, it really means something. And, and you know, for my friends who, like, I have friends who are diehard Cubs fans, just like I was, you know, my grandparents are diehard Red Sox fans. Like, it's one of those things where serious. And I my heart really goes out to these people who finally have... I mean, I, I, it's great for them. I, I am uh, super happy for all those folks. Okay. Uh, but I, nonetheless, uh, I don't feel bad for not knowing about it seven hours after it happened. You should. Okay, moving on. Uh, bolt gun versus piton gun update. Do you want to? Do you want to say what happened here? I was wrong. I remembered it wrong. It's funny because uh, you know you were right, and uh, the they definitely say bolt gun. It is a piton gun. It is definitely a piton gun. <laughs> but they say bolt gun in the movie, and you just slapped your knee. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but uh, it's funny that when we looked it up online, how many places referred to it as a piton gun uh, when referencing the movie, uh, despite the fact that the actual quote that was uh, was a bolt gun. Uh, yes. And I, I wonder if they... Well, do you remember the stakes? Because I, va- I va- very definitely remember the stakes of this bet. and I'm. Oh, yeah. Apparently I'm going guiding you somewhere. Yep, yep. Multi-pitch. Something easy. Well, yeah. Easy stuff is fun. And actually, that's something I was going to mention earlier when you were talking about, like, below my pay grade or whatever. And yeah, it's yeah. Just like, it's not pay grade. It's like what you... Like, maybe you can do something that's too boring for you. Like, I can go to the gym. So, so this is exactly what I was going to say, is that when I was talking to Peter Croft, he was saying that, he he does a lot of guiding and he really enjoys it and one of the reasons that he really enjoys it is that you know he still just loves climbing yeah, so yeah. even if he's doing something easy that's really good yeah he still loves it right like uh there's a i went out with a friend a couple couple years ago and yeah. climbed uh, a 58 in uh 
Red Rocks called Crimson Chrysalis. Okay. Super popular route. It was really cool. Yeah. It's super fun. And you end up on top of this little tower. Okay. And it, I mean, it's like you a, a thousand foot high. You understand that when I'm talking, I want to climb something less than a 5'8". That's fine. Okay. I do that all the time. That's from collecting on. But what do you, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? I How soon do you want to do it? it? I don't care. None of those really matter to me as long as it happens within the next year. And uh, I would like it to be something... Like, we could wait till the spring and do Tuolumne, which I know has some easy stuff. Um, it does. But I the, the thing for me is multi-pitch. I don't have a ton of experience on multi-pitch. In fact, I've never done a multi-pitch climb. I'd really like to do it. Ah. And I'd really I mean, like we can go do, like, something in the valley on... Uh, on manure pile buttress, like five eights and five sixes. And yeah, five, five sixes, six. five would be five sixes to five eights are really great for me. But we'll we'll do that. I'm collecting at some point. Uh, gym updates. New carpet in the bouldering floor. What are your thoughts? Do you feel like it's a definite improvement? Totally. Really. Hundred percent. Really. I'm, I'm I'm fully behind it. I was not. Explain. The old surface was kind of sheeny, so I was never concerned that I'd catch a rubber foot on it and slip and, like, twist an ankle. The new one is kind of more, um, has, uh, the way that I'm trying to put it in my brain, I'm trying to find a way to say it in English, is it has, I feel like, a higher... Is there another language you were thinking of using? No, physics. Okay. Higher static coefficient of friction. Maybe it's not, yeah, higher static coefficient of friction to, to, like, stop the rotation. So I'm worried about, like, landing on it and, like, tweaking my ankle. So I think you have it entirely backwards. Speaking as someone who has landed on the rubber tarps, yeah, they're actually it's vinyl, man. It's stickier. That's what I don't want. Exactly. You the, think the other ones were stickier? Yes. Oh. I mean, have you ever like uh, squeaked around on a vinyl car seat versus one that's uh, upholstered fabric? I, I will admit, I went up to San Francisco yesterday, and I went with my friend who said that he knew how to climb a bit, and um, I thought I was going to get into some top roping, but uh, uh, he actually could not do the belaying. He hadn't done that. And then the other guys who, like, I, ran, I randomly ran into some coworkers, and uh, they also could not top rope belay me. So, uh, so I ended up having to only to boulder. And so I got to boulder on the new tarps because they have, they have it in part of the section up there. And it's, it was pretty nice. The carpet. Yeah, the new carpets. So, in fact, you think it's pretty nice, but you're... <laughs> my initial, my initial <laughs> you're feeling... You're just trying to disagree with me? <laughs> my initial feeling was, I don't like this. My, my backup feeling is, eh, maybe. No, I think it's going to be way easier to keep clean and look better, and it's going to be easier to repair. Black. Those tarps were uh, one piece. Stitched together, one piece for the whole, each each section was its own tarp, yeah. big thing. Super hard to repair with, I mean, we had to patch it and glue it whenever it got worn out, and the, yeah. the patches would break down, and so we'd have to take the whole thing off and send it in for repairs, and then we'd replace it, yeah. and then when the repaired one came back, we'd store that until the next time. It, it was a big pain. I think this is going to be easier to upkeep. Uh, it's going to be easier to keep clean. It was awesome to see them installing it. Why? I loved seeing the sewing machines out there. I just thought that was great. I feel like you should have constant sewing machines for people to use. Uh, I do not think constant sewing machines would get very much use. Uh, and also, the sewing was not ideal. We did not... That was not the plan initially. Uh <laughs> 
just had to we had to make adjustments based on the materials that we got, and uh, it was really cool watching them. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I wish I'd taken pictures. It, that was not the original plan. It was a, a backup plan that we had to go to. To it was just it was cool. The, I understand that it took longer than expected because I came in on Monday morning and I was expecting it to be done because it said it was going to be done over the weekend and they were still working on it. And I wrote Nick a comment about it that was that's interesting because we never said it was going to be done over the weekend. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be done by by the. Or maybe done by the first, like Tuesday morning, and it wasn't. It was done by that. So then it was. I thought it was going to be done over the weekend. I thought it was going to be done by by Halloween. So like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the bouldering floor will be closed, and then it still was closed. It wasn't working. When was it not open? The Monday that I came in. No, we were like I I we Part- posted signs. We said we'd be open by Monday evening. Oh. So, it, so my, so my lack of attention you compl- to detail. You, yeah, so you complained mostly about your own lack of attention to detail. So I will, I will read my comment that I wrote, too, because I've, I've started taking pictures of the comments and saving them in a folder so they make sense, <laughs> and, and I have them for future reference, but this was the comment that I left at the gym. It's in category other. Uh, other. The time that Halloween has come and gone. Oh, no, sorry, this is the second one. This is the one I have to read after that. Let me find the first one. first one was great. Here we go. Wanted to comment on how much I appreciate you, uh, or appreciate you recognizing and embracing the Halloween spirit with the black bouldering floor and yellow caution tape as uh, you you install it. Happy Halloween, and I drew like a little picture of a pumpkin. And then I, I left. My name is Zach. It was ten thirty one sixteen. And for email phone, I said, if you don't know by now, heaven help you. <laughs> for my contact information, like you should know it. I had a lot of fun. Uh huh. And then that doesn't seem to be related to uh, the completion date of the project. And then the day, well, because obviously there's caution tape still up, and I was expecting it to be done. This is this is the day after uh, in category other. The time for Halloween has come and gone. Yet the gym is still covered in pumpkins and cobwebs. You should switch to Thanksgiving theme immediately. Please hire a turkey mascot. Who doesn't want a climbing turkey mascot? The Gaston Gobbler, anybody? Uh, and then that was you know eleven one. Damn it! I slapped my knee again. Um, Come on, okay. would, wouldn't a Gaston Gobbler be pretty awesome? No. <laughs> okay. Have you have you ever been around a bunch of turkeys? They yeah. smell bad. That's your problem in the gym. Wouldn't be my problem. I don't have to clean up after them. So the smell of the gym would not be an issue for you? Yeah, maybe keep them outside. In okay. The front, in the front little gate there. Fair enough. Uh, did we make the full donation to the... ASCA. We did. Woohoo! Yeah. So celebration. Uh, yeah. So the goal was to. I mean, so Planet Granite was going to match up to twenty thousand dollars. So the goal is to make sure that we get that, so we get the full match. Yep. Um, and I don't know the exact. I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but I do know that we. Uh, donations in October exceeded twenty nine thousand dollars. So Planet Granite matched uh, twenty thousand, the full amount, and the end result was uh, almost fifty thousand dollars donated to the ASCA. Um, and then uh, the word is that fifty dollars. Purchase fifty dollars replaces five to ten bolts. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you you after our last podcast you inspired me. I went off and donated. 
That's awesome. And How I got much? A, I donated a hundred bucks and I got a copy of Yosemite Big Wells third edition from Super Topo. Even though I didn't know what I was doing. Like I just went to the ASCA and said, like, your donation qualifies you for a free copy of this book. Just send me your mailing address and we'll send it to you. And I'm like, okay, sure. Cool. Another book. Uh Okay, questions for the doctor. That's that's my my last section for today. Uh huh. Why does PG open up at six, but pl- the place in Santa Cruz doesn't open up until eight a.m.? I was really bummed because uh, we had this offsite, and I'm like, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go drive down to, to Pacific Edge. I'm going to climb before the thing. They don't open until eight. I couldn't do it. Why did you guys choose six? Why not five thirty? I don't actually. Uh, Planet Grand has been opening at six a.m. as long as I've worked there, so I, I don't understand the initial reasoning behind it. I was never a part of that decision, um, but uh, we have a lot. I mean, you've been there at six o'clock in the morning. Six. Oh, I'm there the at six o'clock in the morning most like three days a week. Okay, so you know that we have a ton of users that like to use the facility at that time. So I mean, you know. It, from a, from a business standpoint, uh, it's worth it to us. We have people that we have a lot of people that come in, take morning yoga classes, morning morning uh, F ten like group fitness classes, yeah, yeah. and we get a lot of climbers in there. You know, but my question is, why is Planet Granite different? Like, why why do why are other people like just because your members want it? Why does Pacific get places like that not open until eight? Well, I mean, you have to remember that Planet Granite is a sort of more more on the side of the modern climbing gym model um, and so we're of you know a full service gym offering right. climbing yoga fitness and a lot of gyms in other areas don't have as large of a member base or customer base that we do mm-hmm. uh, and you know it just doesn't make any sense for them to keep the place open and staff someone at those early times if no one's really going to use the facility um, if if having your facility open earlier doesn't increase your member base but just increases your costs yeah, then it doesn't make sense yeah. uh, like you know I went to so if you did 530 went, the concern is that it may just increase costs without increasing member base I don't I mean I don't know how much demand there is for 530 count me in Okay. I would really I would really like to so my climbing partner can't be there till six and I would love to you know, we, we she's you guys she's pregnant and she's kind of climbing down a little bit. So she's like she's climbing nines and tens, uh, which is great. She's normally kicks my ass at elevens and twelves. But uh I would like to get in a little bit extra and I'd like to kinda of come in earlier before her because I still have to leave around the same time but I can't come in earlier. Yeah. I mean I understand and certainly there's a number of people who would like that earlier hour. Um I'm just saying half hour. I don't even need a full. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of considerations that would go into it. Okay. But, um, you know, it's hard to say how much of a difference that would make for other people or for our operations as a gym. But, uh, I don't know. You can, you can, you can propose the idea. Uh, obviously, I, I, th- I, don't think, I don't think that 530 is probably something that we would consider. Uh, you know, just bumping it up a half hour like that. I think that what is more likely to become a consideration in the future, although certainly there's no active discussions going on about it at the moment, is uh, being open 24 hours a day. Oh, wow. Because I, I think the difference between being open 24 hours a day and being open uh, at 530, and this is just my personal opinion, and like, 
Yeah. Nothing, you know, there's no active discussions going on, and the logistics involved in it are, you know, somewhat extensive. But I think, uh, you know, being open 24 hours a day, there are gyms that are open 24 hours a day, but and those... And you feel like you lose membership to them sometimes? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that that's an issue. Uh, no, I was not, not just gym gyms. I like, there's okay. climbing gyms that are open 24 hours. Really? But those, uh, the ones that I know of are places where, you know, it's like, a, I mean, like the, the co-op, the slow op. Yeah, yeah, the San Luis Obispo climbing co-op. It's basically like a, a member-owned facility, right? Uh, and so, like, when you become a member, you get a key. Okay. And then you can let Part yourself way, right. in, and it's part of the fact that you own the place. That you know, I'm sure your liability waiver is like, yeah, you are a member of this facility, this co-op, and so you're responsible for yourself when you're in here. Um, which is not the situation that we have going on. Right. So, uh, you know. So I have to be careful asking for a five because I may end up with something dramatic. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But uh, I think that certainly, you know, I mean, you see you, you see, fitness gyms are going 24 hours. Like, there's fi- fitness gyms that are open 24 hours. I don't think hours. you need that. I, I think the thing for me is Sundays are, are really short. I think Sundays are a concern. Um in terms of the fact that they close at 6, like you guys close at 6 uh, on Sundays, which I think is a problem. And for me, that half hour in the morning would make a big deal. Like that would be that would be awesome to get in a little bit earlier. But, you know, that also means i got to go to bed earlier, which is also a harder thing, and I'm working on that. Yeah. But, okay, last last question that I've got because I, I just came up with this. Are those, are those new shoes? No. I haven't seen these before. What are these? They're red shoes. Guys, so just so you understand what I'm looking at, I'm looking at these. It looks like they're 510... The ascents or whatever, they but, are. They're, but they're red with black and blue bottoms. This is like this is pretty hot. Where yeah, they, how old are they? Uh, well, this uh, they updated the ascent in two thousand fourteen, I believe. Yeah, um, and I got a pair of the new ones, and I did not like them as well as I liked the older ones. So I went and found these on eBay. Um, so okay. I've had them in my closet for a couple of years while I wear out my original pair of Ascents. Um, and uh, I just grabbed these for uh, something I did this summer. Um, and uh, I, I uh, just had them, had them to put on this morning. Oh, yeah. I actually, so... I've been wearing them this week. I started hiking in the Ascents, like as my primary hiking shoe as opposed to my boot. Mm-hmm. And they're so much more comfortable and I like hiking so much more in them. Yeah, I actually uh, personally no longer really hike. I don't wear, like, the traditional hiking boots anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, over the like high top, over your ankle, leather, yeah, yeah. waterproof, Gore-Tex, whatever. Um, mostly just hike in uh, trail running shoes or, like, the ascents if I'm going to be doing any scrambling. Yep. I think it's great. I actually, I wish I discovered that earlier. Okay, that's it for me. Do you got any questions? Like, because I've been doing a lot of interviewing of you today, because, again, I am more like Cotton. Uh, you say that you are getting in shape. What are you doing? Uh, so it's, it, for me, it starts with uh, making a commitment to being active and trying to do something more every day, just even if it's just a little bit. So I try and do something fitness-oriented. So and this started on kind of... Tuesday, uh, I, yeah, I think it was Tuesday where this started, and I've uh, I been in the gym either biking for 30 minutes 
doing, trying to do something active, really trying to burn through what my watch says are my calories for the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've done a pretty good job of it this week. I think, I think uh, maybe I'm not at 100%. I think maybe I've missed one day. But, uh, you know, yesterday I went out drinking a little or went to dinner, took an Uber out to downtown Mountain View and then walked the mile home just to, just to get a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that. And then I'm also watching what I'm eating. I'm trying to stay away. I have a real propensity for sweets. So I'm trying to stay away from sugar and trying to do a little bit less of that. That's, that's what I'm working on. Fair enough. Sounds and good to me. I'm also, like, so the problem is the way that I tend to lose weight, I tend to gain muscle first and then lose weight. So I'm in that kind of phase where, like, I'm still kind of gaining muscle, so it's going to look like I'm heavier. It's going to look like I'm skinnier from an appearance standpoint, but I may actually be heavier with muscle. Yeah, and the actually muscle just tends to burn more energy even at resting. So that's... Exactly. So it kind of, I bulk up and then I slim down. That's, that's, that's my current plan. I just slapped my knees again, but it was a much lighter slap than normal. Any, anything, anything else from the, from the doctor? Do you think that your cheerleading experience leads to a more powerful knee slap? <laughs> Absolutely. I have, I have this issue where my, the facets of my hands are designed in such a way that I make a lot more noise with them than normal people. In fact, I've gotten in trouble for clapping too loud multiple times. Oh, all right. During, during cheerleading? No. Oh, just outside. Like so, we have. Do we, you feel like your clapping technique is actually more powerful because of your cheerleading? Absolutely, hundred percent. Like that one's easy. That one is not even a question. Okay. Yes, my clapping technique is definitely up because of cheerleading. And the other thing that you mentioned earlier that I think a lot of people might be like, "What is?" Uh, <laughs> you said a dangerous sport like cheerleading, which I. I'm not objecting to in any way. I think that's yeah. legitimate, but uh, I think that a lot of people would be like, "Are you kidding?" And, but then it's, yeah, so, I, I just want, I just want to, I like, I don't know what you've seen and in, injury wise or yeah. stuff. I, I'm sure that there's stuff out there that could be dangerous, uh, or I, I'm sure you've seen serious injuries. But I, I mean, I think that you know, if you if you look at cheerleading and you see. You know, some of the, the flips and catches and throws yeah. that people do, um, and I'm sure I've used all the wrong terminology, no, but, uh, you know, you see that and you know that they're doing it on over the ground. Like, there's yeah. no padding on the floor. There's no uh, so, harnesses that are protecting people from this stuff. Like Cheerleading is mostly, is, is mostly dangerous when it the right safety precautions are not taken. So some people will stunt on concrete or do do flips or stunts, which is lifting other people up in the air on concrete. That is very dangerous. Um, some people will do, uh, some people put down mats, some people do it on grass. There are rules. There's a, there's a governing body uh, of safety for cheerleading called the uh, ACCA, A-A-C-C-A, so American Association of Cheerleading Coaches and Administrators. And uh, they certify you, and I'm certified. I've been certified since 2004. Five, I think, mm-hmm. um, to coach, and they tell you where you can, what stunts you can do where for safety reasons. And the whole goal of cheerleading is like there, there, there are stunts, there are flips, um, you know, and there are different levels of difficulty. The goal is to teach progression and keep it safe. Uh, I tend to go too slow. Like I tend to make sure people are really, really safe instead of allowing them to go and try and stay interested in the sport. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to move a little bit away from that and trying to bring in a little bit more excitement with still the safety mind that I have. But if, if taught right, you can minimize the severity of injury. There's a severity of injury that's high. So like a head, neck, and shoulder injury tends to be pretty permanent. 
because they're really hard to fix. But like a, a broken hand or a sprained ankle or a knee or even a knee is something that can be healed with time. So I try and when I'm when I'm coaching, try and minimize the severity of the injury uh, to to kind of away from the head, neck, and shoulders. That's that's my main goal. That being said, I've seen terrible concussions. I've seen uh, you know knee. I've seen it. I I was spotting a kid who had a dislocated kneecap, which is probably the scariest thing I've seen. Um, I have seen uh, ACLs be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have pile drive my head into a into a two inch carpet bonded foam mat on top of like a cement floor. Once that was that was pretty pretty fun. Um, but yeah, so you were you were doing a I you was, were getting thrown. No, I was actually doing a tumbling pass. So I was I was my tryouts for my senior year of cheerleading. Like or I think it was maybe my junior year of cheerleading tryouts, and uh, I was about to do a round off handspring full. Which is where you do you do a round off, which is like a cartwheel, but you land with your feet together. A back handspring where you hit your hands and then land on your feet again, and then a full is where you go up and you do a, a flip laid out in like a layout, and you do a three sixty spin in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and right as I was about to go do the full part, somebody in the crowd station uh, section screamed, "Go Zach!" Like, and this is somebody who I love, but she screamed, "Go Zach!" And I got so distracted that I only like in a layout position, I did a half flip, so my head was heading straight towards the ground when I was coming in for land, and a half spin. So I just sort of like landed on my head and then like fell over and did a roll. And I got up. I mean, I was young and I was like, I got up and I wanted to try it again. And they were like, no, you made the team. You don't need to do it again. You're the only one trying to throw a full right now. You don't need it. You'll be fine. So anyways, it, it can be dangerous. I think the problem that people have with cheerleading is it's such a bastardized term that it, it sometimes means standing on the sideline Clapping and waving, waving pom poms. Which, by the way, boys don't wave pom poms. We use megaphones. Uh, and sometimes it means doing some really dangerous stuff, and uh, it means everything in between those. So sometimes it's a sport, and sometimes it's not. In my opinion, uh, and I think the the real scary thing is when people try and do stuff that's beyond what they know how to teach, or beyond what they understand, and people can get really hurt very quickly. And I, that's what I'm that's what I'm most afraid of. So I have a website called like the Cheer Blog where I try and solve that problem. Okay. All right. I, I, we can talk about chilling all day long, but let's, let's not. Let's wrap this. Sure. You, you, got, your, you got your outro? No. I don't know what it is. What do I say? Oh. Uh, uh, you have 300 and something <laughs> odd pounds. I'm sorry, 400 and something odd pounds of... 400 and something odd steadily decreasing pounds of rock climbing power. <laughs> oh, Jack's life! <laughs> How can we fix this so it doesn't... Give us a total number of seconds. Just hit the hit the off button. <laughs> total number of seconds is the worst.